Hello, and welcome to the Casual Author Podcast. I'm Dan, host and independent author of sci-fi and fantasy books, father of five, full-time worker, homesteader, and a man of many other responsibilities. I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be an author, how we can prioritize and be productive, and how we can be encouraged to know that despite our busyness, we can still make the best of our authoring. To learn more about me, my books, or access the podcast show notes, head to dankenner.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hello, it's Dan, the host of The Casual Author, and I'm excited to be here with you today. It is Tuesday, April 12th, 2022, as I'm recording this, and today I had the opportunity to talk to Andrea Fink about recording your own audiobook, which is something that I know a lot of authors, especially newer authors who are independently publishing, think about doing, consider doing, because uh, it can just be kind of expensive and pricey to produce your own audiobook. So we have a very amazing discussion um, I've worked with Andrea for, for quite some time. She has actually helped me get the equipment that I need to record my audiobook. Uh, as of yet, I've had uh, not the pri- it hasn't been my priority, let's just say that, to to record my audiobook. Um, we do talk about that a bit in the interview. She does give me a bit of a hard time. But this is episode 26, uh, which I'm thrilled about. Seems like this uh, podcast is just running along quicker than than I can almost keep up with, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the interview portion of that a bit later. So as far as updates go, I'll admit I'm a tad bit I don't know, flustered isn't the word for it. But today, one of our goats finally had kids. So the thing about goats is you have an idea of their gestational period. You can indicate or write on the calendar what date they're supposed to kid. And like humans, it never happens on that date. So uh, the, the goats are all past their date. They should have all had their kids last week, which of course they didn't because last week the weather was gorgeous. It was like 60s, 70s Fahrenheit. It was sunny. It was warm. No clouds in the sky. And then the beginning of this week, it is freezing cold. Single digits Fahrenheit. Snowy, rainy, wet. Um, so naturally, they waited until this week to have babies. So one of them ha- had babies. They're t- two two babies. So there's a boy and a girl um, named Gabby and Derek. Long story there. If you have questions about why, we can go into it. But yeah, it's really fun. We love the goats. Um, it's it's really fun to get the kids and look forward to getting milk again here in just a couple months. There is another goat who looks to be pretty close based on the signs. There are certain signs you can look for in a goat, and she's she kind of started showing those signs this morning. The goat that had babies earlier, just a couple hours ago, she was showing those signs last night. And I was crossing my fingers that she would not kid in the middle of the night because uh, for the most part, they can they can take care of it themselves. But with first-time fresh, first fresheners is what you call them, the first time having babies, there are some risks associated with it. So we just wanted to be available just in case we needed to help in things along. She actually did great. No problems at all. They're, they're healthy as can be. They're strong. They're nursing just fine. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really excited about that. We have four more goats to have kids. So... Uh, I imagine that by by next week, by my next interview or my next podcast, you'll, you'll hear more about the babies. But right now we've got two little kids. That brings our goat count up to 11, which is great. 
so that that's it for uh for homestead news it's kind of the the buzz the excitement today that uh, we we weren't quite expecting but happy to have them here in terms of author news Starting today, Awakened is now 99 cents. So I've made Awakened 99 cents for probably about a week. If you don't have access to the ebook of Awakened, you can get it for 99 cents on Amazon. Tell your friends, tell your family. Um, you want to grab the ebook of that for 99 cents while it's there. So I've also started a bunch more Amazon ads. Uh, I joined the Amazon ad challenge. So it's called the Five Day Author Profitability ad challenge and it's put on by brian cohen so if you want to google that if you want to join it essentially it is five days of videos to help you get your amazon ads set up some tips and tricks start some some ads and learn how to analyze them to get you started um which is exciting so i've got a few ads put up it just happened to align with my 99 cent week i'm not anticipating making a ton of money especially in the first little bit but it's great that it lined up so hopefully the, the ads running and the the discounted book price will hopefully capture people's attention so we'll see how that goes um in terms of the novella so i've got feedback from both of the beta readers that i sent it to i'm sending it to a few other beta readers and the feedback is great Sounds like the story is really great. They love the flow. Um, one of the beta readers had never read any of my books. That was intentional. I wanted to make sure that as a prequel, it would make sense. It is kind of a side story about uh, one of the characters that's referenced in the Lightbearer Chronicles. And they said they absolutely loved it. And they said, oh, I hope that there's more to this because I did not like the way that that book ended, uh, which is kind of the point, right? So uh, really good feedback about that. Now I just need to go through and implement some of the edits. I do need to do a line edit on that and then get it professionally edited and proofread, which is coming up in the next few months. So what that means is I need to redirect my focus to Ascended and start editing Ascended, which is going to be somewhat of a beast because 189,000 word manuscript is going to take me some time to get through it. But I'm looking forward to the process. I'm trying to uh, have a, a positive outlook, a positive perspective on it, because I know that it can be fun to edit, to, to polish it, and make it up to snuff, so to speak, for the readers. And it's, it's a process that admittedly, I don't feel like I've perfected. There's a lot of people out there that seem like they're really good at editing. And I need to learn more myself about effective editing. Coincidentally, Joanna Penn had a, a recent podcast with Tiffany Yates Martin, who is a professional editor, um, about intuitive editing. And this was, the timing was just perfect because uh, editing feels so daunting to me. And, you know, editing is more than just grammar rules and fixing punctuation. I mean, that's just part of it. Um, intuitive editing, as gone through by Tiffany Yates Martin, she talks a lot about um looking at some of the more holistic and high-level things, such as uh, how is the plot, you know, how, not even just the plot, the, the character, what's the problem, what are their motivations, who are they, you know, asking these types of questions. Um, because she said you'd be surprised how much of the line editing and how much of the proofreading actually falls in line as you get the story developmentally up to snuff. And then as you're reading through it, it helps bring out a lot of mistakes because, you know, it's really driven by the stakes, driven by the problem that these characters are trying to solve, driven by this character's personality. And it was really insightful. Um, it actually helped me look at editing with a more positive perspective, because admittedly, I don't usually look at it very positively. So 
in any case, I think I'm going to come to Ascended with a fresh view, a fresh outlook, and dive into it and just, just have a good time, as much of a good time as I can with editing. So that that's up for it. I, I'm, I'm scheduled to go through it uh, with an actual professional editor later this year, so back in July, at which point um, I should be able to publish both the novella and the third book of the Light Bearer Chronicles, which would be great. I'm working on the cover for Shielded, which is that novella, and then I already have the cover for Ascended. It's on my website. If you want to take a look at it, dankenner.com, you can see the Ascended cover under the books and the Light Bearer Chronicles section. So that series is complete, except for the cover of the novella, which will be coming soon. So that's exciting. So fun. I love all of the aspects of being an author. I love the creative control that I have as an independent author. Some of you may be wondering, like, Dan, why did you choose to go self-publishing route? And, and there were a couple of reasons why, really. Um, it, the querying process was fine. I wasn't daunted or really nervous about querying. But as the more I learned about self-publishing and traditional publishing, I recognized a few things. One, I, I'm a little bit of a stickler for what I have control over. I needed creative control over my work. I was like, I just don't love the idea, especially with the turn of the century, just the changing world. I don't really want to be told what, what books to write and how to write my books because I intentionally write um, clean books the way I do. I, I, I write the content I do because... I like it, well, for one, and, and it kind of aligns with my moral standards. But two, um, for me, I don't want to have to deal with potential deadlines. If, if I had signed with a, a traditional publisher, I know that there are hard dates and deadlines that I'm fine with. Like, I kind of set my own soft deadlines and whatnot, but... <laughs> I mean, I have a lot going on. The last thing I need on top of stress from homestead animals and gardening and kids and um, full-time job and other, you know, religious responsibilities, I don't need a publisher breathing down my neck saying, hey, we really need you to finish manuscript two, three, four, five by this date. It just, it's just not for me. Um, I like that I can do that. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean more work for me? Yes, but I can at least do it in my own time. I don't have to publish on any specific schedule. I don't have to market on any specific schedule. And so for me, that's what I prefer. In any case, those are the main reasons for self-publishing. Um, those are the last of the updates for my author business. So we will go ahead and shift over to the interview portion with Andrea Fink. Andrea Fink is the self-published author of the fantasy series, The Four Regions. Hey, Andrea, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? doing great um i'm just loving that it's tuesday and i have a whole week to work on authoring things just looking at it from a bright perspective the week ahead of me i'm excited to be here with you today because you have a lot of experience with recording your own audiobooks which is something that admittedly i need to do i want to do <laughs> i haven't had a chance to do that yet uh but before we get started with that i'd love you to share with the listeners where are you in your authoring career uh, I feel like I'm still at the beginning, but at the same time, when I like look at my progress so far, I'm actually kind of established. Like I feel like I have a readership and I have people who are enthusiastic about what I write. Um, I'm on someone's shirt. She made a shirt of her favorite indie authors. Oh, so I like that, that. that's saying something, right? Like that's, yes. that's making it. So I'm, I'm very early in my authoring journey, but it's, it's looking promising. I hope. <laughs> 
So I, I think that's a great way to look at it. I'm curious to know when you actually started writing and publishing. Have you been doing it for years now? When would, when did you publish your first book? Uh, the first came out August 2020. Okay, 2020. So not not too long. Two years? Less okay, two yeah. Years? Yeah, less than two years. It's only 20. Wow. I forget what year it is, like all the time. So yes, less than two years. And I imagine you started writing that maybe a year before that, perhaps. Uh, I think two years before that is when I started. So about four years I've been in process. It's interesting because everyone has a different story. And I know with me, I I took about two years to write my first book as well. And then after that, they just came a little bit more quickly for whatever. I think once I published it, realized, yeah, yeah. One, you know what you're doing and two, you realize like, oh, I can't just like leave it out there. There's some people, however few expecting more, (laughs) like, oh, I have to like get it out. So but you, when, when I've talked to you, when I first met you, I remember you saying that like you specifically recorded your audio book because that is the, the format you prefer in consuming books. And you wanted to make that available for everybody. Um, were there any other reasons you prioritize audiobook over, you know, writing different stories? Um, I just thought it'd be a little hypocritical to be the one person asking every indie author, do you have an audiobook? Do you have an audiobook? Yeah. Do you have an audiobook? And then not having one myself. Uh, because like that is my main form of consuming books. Like I have a really hard time, uh, as my friend Natalie Camerata says, eyeball reading. Uh, oh. <laughs> so listening is is my mode. And I wanted that accessibility and I wanted that reach because I know that a lot of people only have time for audiobooks, only have the attention span for audiobooks, whatever reason can only do audiobooks. And I wanted to make sure that that was there and available. I mean, I think that's amazing. Uh, providing books in as many formats and someday languages, we won't get into that now as possible. <laughs> I would like to translate my books. That's like, woo, in the future. Uh, but you know, I, I think it's interesting that you said you, won't, you didn't want to be hypocritical because that's how you like to consume books. Uh, but I am curious when you, when you thought about recording your book, were you nervous about <laughs> your voice being the voice of your books? I mean, I'm just curious. Uh, I actually was just winging it, just seeing like how okay. it would go. And I didn't even commit to like, this is what's going to happen. I was like, I'm just going to try recording the book and see how it goes. And as I was doing the recording, I was learning more things and I felt like it was getting better. And so I actually stopped and restarted just to make it a little more consistent in the quality. And like when I was probably through, I'm like, this is something that I would actually probably listen to and other people might. So we'll just go for it. I also made the mistake of telling people I was recording the audiobook, So then they were expecting it. So mm-hmm. I did have to commit at some point. <laughs> okay. Oh, so maybe that's the secret. If you want to get anything done inadvertently or advertently tell people that you're doing it and then well, i know an author people. i know an author who said he was going to record his audiobook and i've been waiting for it uh but he still hasn't that's true so. who is that author we should just we should just oh. smack him upside the head huh well i, I want to read his books but again i don't have the attention span so for those of you listening, that was a pointed comment. That author is me. And yes, I did say that I planned on it. Coincidentally, that was the reason I got this microphone. And then <laughs> I ended up using it for podcasting. So will I record my audiobooks? Potentially, yes. But that's why we're having this conversation. So you can share with me all your secrets so that I can record it, right? Um, yeah. 
but what what was the most challenging thing for you with recording your own audiobooks? I hate the sound of my voice. Okay. Uh, I think most people do, but it was almost torture the first time listening through and editing or even just like listening to see if it sounded okay. Just like, is like, is this quality good enough? Do I need to re-record this? I just, it, it was, it was a form of torture to sit and listen to myself. Not to say that I have a horrible voice I, for anyone listening, wanting to They're <laughs> like, you sound my, pleasant. Uh, audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, inside my head, it sounds really, really nice. But then when I listen to it played back, it's very different and very staggering. Um, so yeah, just having to go through that and listening to it, not just once, but multiple times again and again, trying to fix quality and uh, edits and cutting stuff out. And uh. <laughs> So for those of you listening, she has recorded three books now, right? All You haven't recorded any other audio as far as I know, right? It's just been your three books so far. I have not recorded anything but my three books. Yes. But I mean, I'm saying that like it's nothing. It's, it's a, that's a lot of work. And she has a complete trilogy, a fantasy trilogy. I guess we, we failed to mention that right at the beginning. And you do so well. I mean, I've listened to the first two and I'm halfway through the third book now. And it just seems very natural. I mean, when I went to record my audiobook, I recorded probably the first three chapters and all of it sounded just horrid. <laughs> I don't think it was just my voice. I think it was just, I, I need to figure out the, it's almost acting right in a way to, to mm-hmm. act out the story using your voice. And for me, that's like over my head. Um, but I can see how listening, I'm, I mean, listening, listening to my voice is, is not fun and anybody listening to their own voice is, is not fun, but did you learn to like cope with that? Are you used to it now that you've recorded your third book? Um, it, it sounds like a different person. I don't expect it to sound like me. That's, that's the key when you're going into it. Don't expect it to sound like you pretend it's something, someone completely different. Okay. And then I can handle it. Like, oh yeah. Someone recorded this audiobook for me using the exact character voices and pacing that I would have requested. Oh, look how convenient that is. Um, so that's a, that's a perfect outlook. I hadn't thought about that. That, I mean, that must've worked pretty well. It, it. It, it made things a lot easier. Yeah. Like the stranger that I don't know. I mean, it's no different than commissioning your audiobook because then they send the files to you and you approve them and whatnot. But yeah. um, so what tools did you use to record your audiobook? I mean, I imagine you, did you have to have set up a specific place for it? Like what, what tools did you use? Um, I kind of MacGyvered everything together okay. and it worked for the first book. So I just kept it for the next two. I have an Amazon box that is lined with um, sound insulation okay. uh, that I place my microphone inside of. And then I put a rug on the wall behind me. So there's no echo coming off of the wall behind me. And okay. then I cover my desk in like a comforter. And then I put a blanket over top the um, access point to my computer itself. So it's not making the fan noises. Mm. I got to turn off the heater and then record in a very cold house. Like that's, that's kind of just what I ended up doing. So, I mean, it's a lot of stuff that I just had, like I had the rug, I had a little thing I could throw it over to block the sound. I have Amazon boxes, plenty of them. (laughs) Um, I just had to buy the insulating foam, the microphone and, um, 
a headset because I actually didn't have anything that went over ear. And when you have the earbuds, it just makes it sound even weirder. So I did get some headphones. Fascinating. I I would have never even thought of, I don't have any over the ear things either. So that is good to know. Be some fancier setup. What type of microphone did you get? I mean, I know you probably don't know the model right off the bat, but like is, is, and then that's totally fine. But I imagine you probably just can't get any microphone, right? It just have to be certain quality for it to pick up the sound well. Um, I like, I did some research beforehand and you don't need much. Like there's all these people saying, oh yeah, I get the fancy kind with multiple plugins. No, I just got a little USB one. Um, it's, it's like a, it's a podcasting mic. It's, I mean, it's got its little, uh, pop filter. It's got a little stand, but I mean, it's, it's nothing too fancy. I think it was like a hundred bucks. I got it on sale. So it comes with a little metal case, which makes me feel like a super spy when I carry it around. Um, so that was really fun. I liked that part, but it's, it's nothing fancy. Like you don't need anything fancy. Most of the, most of the fixing for that kind of stuff can be done in programs. Yeah. I think, I think like you said, when someone looks at recording their own audiobook, it just seems like this insurmountable challenge because of all these really small technical things, you know, this knowledge that you feel like you can't ever learn what equipment to buy and whatnot. But I, I like that you said like, ah, it's nothing crazy. I mean, you're the, the audio recording of your audiobooks was amazing. The sound was great. So whatever microphone you got worked great. So um, I appreciate that you said that hopefully helping people realize, oh, it's actually not as bad as you think it's going to be. But I imagine you mentioned learning a lot as you went through recording the three books, do you have any, I mean, this is a hard question because there, there may be lots, but do you have any like really quick tips or tricks that you learned that might make the experience better right at the beginning that someone might not know? Um, let's see the, the number one thing that has saved me the most time because I didn't like, I didn't watch any narrators. I didn't like take any classes or anything. So I really was just self-teaching myself everything mm-hmm. from the beginning but to make editing easier, it's better to record just ongoing. So if you make a mistake, you don't like stop, delete that part, then move on. Um, the way that I do it is I click my tongue like a, and then mm-hmm. in the um, program, it shows up as like a giant blip. So when I go back for editing, I just look for the giant blip and cut out the part before that. And then I continue, and then I just, kept going. So that was like, that's like the number one thing. And then I saw someone like do the tip of like clapping your hands on TikTok. I'm like, Oh my God, I did that. I taught myself something very similar, <laughs> except the clapping of the hands is probably a lot less like funky feeling. Um, <laughs> Which is but, funny. Actually, I was thinking yours sounds better because I, I have heard the clapping the hands, hands tip thing. I mean, I haven't recorded my own yet. But the clicking the tongue seems more practical, actually, though you might feel a tad bit ridiculous. Who cares? You're the only one listening to it, but you don't have to like <laughs> reposition yourself because I feel like I'm yeah. generally closer to the microphone. So you don't have to make mm-hmm. a lot of motions to click your tongue. So I'm actually going to use that. However weird it may be. I, I like that tip. Do it. Use it. Uh, so, so you use Audacity for, for the recording and editing, correct? Yes. Yes, I do. It's a free program too, which is bonus points. Is there like a, is it a pretty steep learning curve for that system? Or do you feel like it would be pretty easy for someone to jump in and then learn what they need to for that tool? 
I didn't really start from scratch on that one. I, a few years ago, um, got really into hit record, which is um, just like people doing artistic work, like for group projects. And I was doing voiceover work on that. I never got like accepted for anything, but I practiced and it was like a really fun experience, but I did get experience with audacity. So I did kind of have a little bit of background, but like maybe like a month of that. And then like years later, I was recording the audiobook and most of it came back to me, but I did have to relearn a lot. Um, but there's a lot of tutorials online. In fact, I like have a master list of like, this is how to make it fit with ACX requirements. So Amazon's Audible distributor, like this is how you make it fit with their requirements. And there's like four buttons you press and then it's done. And they just tell you that. So that is awesome. If you, I, I can put that in the show notes for people who are listening because admittedly that seems like something that I would want to take a look at. Um, and any other helpful links you have. Um, Absolutely. I, I'd be happy to send those over. Any, any help would be great. Uh, so I'm curious to know if this, this is a weird question, but when, when it comes to recording your audiobook, did you, did it bring a fresh perspective to your books after having read through them and recorded them? in that way? Um, it is my final form of editing. Actually. I, when I was recording the first one, I was like a week from publishing and I found so many little issues like typos and just weird wording that didn't sound right in my mouth. So I fixed it. So it'd be better on the audiobook, but then it actually made it sound better as you read it as well. So it's, Gave me fresh perspective from an editing standpoint because I was listening to the book, which is how I take in books. Like reading it again and again and again doesn't do much for me. But when I hear it and I hear it played back to me, especially is when it's going to be, that did not sound like a real sentence or this person would not say that in that way. Um, So it helps with that last finishing touch editing. So now I'm using it as my last round of editing. So before I even send it to publishing, before I even announce like this is the day it's going to come out, I try to record the audiobook to make sure I know that it's like a solid final product. That is really smart. <laughs> I I've heard a lot of people use like the the Google voiced text type thing or Siri or whatever it is. I can't remember the exact system. And, you know, the robotic person reads it to you and it's really easy to detect an issue because obviously they'll mispronounce the word or, you know, there will be weird pauses because of strange punctuation. But that's an interesting point that as you're reading it out loud, I, I try to read it out loud to myself, but I don't know if it's like an ADHD problem or what. I just don't. <laughs> like I'll start reading my book out loud to myself. And then I'll find that I'm like not keeping up with my brain. I I don't read verbally as quickly as my mind can follow. So it falls off halfway through a chapter and I don't even realize that I'm not reading it out loud anymore. But then that defeats the purpose, right? The point of reading it out loud is because it does help you catch different things. So I, I admittedly, I'd probably be frustrated after however many edits and read throughs getting to the actual audio recording and reading something that just sounds off. Um, when you were doing your first book, were you like super frustrated when you found things that you had to edit again, even though you were like at the final stage? 
I did. Uh, it was very frustrating because I'd already, so for Ingram Spark, you have to pay to up to upload your documents. Right. And I'd yep. already paid that and I'd already gotten my proof copies and I'd already gotten everything's figured out. And I, I kept little post-it notes. Like every time there was an error, I'd write it down on a post-it note of where I want to fix it on the PDF. I'm like, okay, if I get more than nine of these, if I have 10 or more, I'm going to redo it. And I ended up with like 22. I'm like, oh no. It was very frustrating. Actually, I think I didn't even get the last five until after publishing day. So some people have some like five typos in the end of mask because I didn't do the audiobook soon enough. Mm -hmm. But so I, I, though, that is a little bit funny. I know that there are multiple versions of awakened and transformed out there because I have noticed errors here and there and fixed them. But that's the great thing about independent publishing is we have that power, right? We can republish something, although you have to pay on Ingram Spark, which isn't the greatest. But, you know, KDP, you can upload things and probably ACX, if you need to fix the audio or something, you can, I would imagine you can just replace the audio file, right? I don't know. Oh, I've never well, actually, never had never to knock to. on wood. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully you I never don't have, have to. to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably not. I think by that point, you've probably caught everything. So another concern that I know I have, and a lot of other authors have recording their own audiobook is the time, just like the sheer amount of time that it would take to create a book like this. And however encouraging this may be, I'm curious. So roughly, I don't need exact numbers, but roughly how long was the audio of the first book, Mask? Just so like finished, was... the finished recording. So the finished product, uh, I think it was like seven or eight hours. I'd probably seven. seven. Yeah, see, sometimes that sounds familiar. Some, some, somewhere yeah. between seven and eight hours. How about how long did it take to record the first book hours-wise, if you could estimate? Hours-wise, for the first one, it might be up to like a hundred. And I okay. know, I know like if an audiobook narrator were listening to this, they're like, oh my gosh, why did it take you so long? It was my first book. It was my first venture right. into editing audio. And it was my first venture into like production quality speaking. As you can mm-hmm. tell my normal speaking voice, I talk really fast and um, I am a lot, not when I'm reading though. That's nice. But it's it's a lot. And then there was a lot of learning. There was a lot of research as well that I'm adding into those hundred hours. Sure. I had to figure it out somehow. And yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, but I know that sounds like daunting. Someone's like, I don't have a hundred hours. However, however, this is this is where it's different. How long did it take you roughly to record Mist, which is your third book, if you had to say? Well, Mist, Mist was eight and a half hours. And that one took me probably 40 hours. Okay. See, like significant difference. Like I, when I see figures like 40 hours, it's actually not terrible. Is it long? Yes. But it's more reasonable than something like over a hundred. And I think there's just this incorrect misconception about the amount of time it will take. Your first one's going to take time, but your first book to write took a long time. Mine did. It did. Yes. <laughs> and after that, it's like, oh. You gain confidence, you gain experience, and then you realize this is something that I can do. Um, I don't know why this question just came into my mind because I'm thinking about the time. Were you ever interrupted on accident, like by sounds outside of your house, like a fire (laughs) truck passing or children knocking on the door or something? 
I am two blocks from the fire station. Uh, I live in an airport flight line. Like I'm, I'm in the landing path. Uh, let's see. Oh, no. What else do we have? We have neighbors who like to yell. Oh, of course. Uh, my yeah. dog who likes to yell back at the neighbors. Naturally. Um, I have a preschooler who was a toddler when I began recording audiobooks. So plenty, plenty of interruptions. Yeah, pl- plenty. <laughs> Lots of tongue clicking. Actually, no, when that would happen, I would actually just turn it off because I would start getting frustrated and that would come into my pacing. So, yep, yeah, absolutely. Totally get that. Um, That brings up another question that I was just thinking about. Did you have to be in a certain mood to record? Like, did you find that there were days where you had plans to record where you just couldn't because you just weren't in the right mindset? No, that's good. Actually, a lot of times I could, I would dread recording um, okay. just because I knew it was going to be like a long day. It was, especially when there's a long chapter coming up, like, cause I like to do chapter beginning to end in one sitting because mm. I want it to be really consistent. So if it's like, okay, I know I'm going to be recording 20 minutes of this, that's going to be like an hour of voice work. Ugh. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I usually would have to record when my daughter was occupied so middle of the day um and or after she'd gone to sleep so if so for the first one it was nap time and bedtime because we were still pretty locked down at that point um so that was when i got most of my recording done for that one but re- the most recent one um it was i had to go i went on a huh. during a school break um is when I was able to, cause I'm a teacher. So I had those like two weeks off. I took all of my winter or my Christmas winter break and just buckled down and did it then. And it was kind of nice because 40 hours in two weeks is not too bad. Yeah. That's, that's not bad at all. And I like that you, you took advantage of those quiet times. I mean, I think realistically, uh, for those of you that didn't hear, Andrea does have a full-time job at currently. And you did for part-time. Part-time. Oh, is it part-time? Okay, a, a job yeah. and a daughter, which counts as another part-time job. So there you go. You're a full-time, <laughs> your full-time job right there. But the fact is you you found the times to squeeze it in um, when you had quiet time. And I think, you know, people have this, this expectation that, oh, I don't have tons of quiet time or free time. Well, it's okay. You can squeeze it in in those short bits of time when where you can and overall it patches itself together well i wish it patched itself it gets patched together by you (laughs) with all of the editing time um did your husband help out in any way or was this kind of like i'll just keep everything quiet for her i'm curious to know if you ever plan to have him in your recordings or is Uh, that like out of the ballpark (laughs) i don't i don't think he has the personality to want to do something like that um so he he definitely took our daughter to grandma and grandpa's house or took her out for walks or just any way that I can get that quiet time. Uh, or there was one point where my daughter was super into cars. So he, he and her just took lawn chairs and sat on the road and watched cars go by so I could have my quiet time. It was, it was really nice. It's really nice. It's, it's good to have a supportive, a supportive team and working on stuff like this. Absolutely. That's, that's really helpful. I'm just imagining you, your family watching 
cars. <laughs> I'm curious to know how long that kept them busy because I feel like my kids would watch cars for approximately two seconds and be like, I'm bored. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad that worked. I think that's great. She was really into cars. I don't know why. And so, and she was also Ooh. learning colors at that point. So it was okay. blue car, blue car, red, every single car that went by, she had to tell you what kind of car it was. It's a truck. It's a little car. It's a big car. And then what color it was. I think my kids would just um, rather have me say the names of the cars so they could laugh at me as I got them wrong because I'm colorblind. <laughs> so they, uh, they all are tickled by that fact. They still don't understand the concept, but I can imagine the game would be flip-flopped if I were to be with them watching cars drive by. Um, <laughs> off topic. But are there any other considerations people should think about if they, you know, if they have the question, should I commission someone to record the audiobook for my book or should I record it myself? Um, it's a little hard question because I know there's lots of pros and cons. But is there anything that you can think of where, you know, you would advocate for someone recording their own audiobook? If you are comfortable, that's, that's the whole thing. If you're comfortable doing it, I, I mean, there was, there was lots of discomfort in listening to my own voice, but I don't think I have a terrible voice. I don't think it's too mm. bad. I've done uh, speech stuff when I was a kid. My mom was the speech team coach. So I was on speech team for like three years in middle school and I've done public speaking before. And so, and then I'm a teacher. So I, I, my job is to talk a lot and I'm not too uncomfortable uh, in front of a microphone, especially after that whole year spent on zoom. Um, Yes. So I'm okay with recording myself and putting it out there. I know that some people aren't. And if you're not comfortable, don't do it. Don't put yourself in a super uncomfortable situation. There are so many good audiobook narrators out there, but they are pricey. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like I, I reached out to one who I really wanted and I got her price and I'm like, I cannot afford that. I will not be able to afford that for a really long time, but I want my audiobook out there. So maybe mm-hmm. one day in the future, I'll hire someone to redo all of them. But for now there's... A, a pretty good quality. No, no, you know, it's a good quality version. Absolutely. I'm going to drop the pretty. It's a good quality version. And it, it allows my book to get out to people who are excited to listen to it. Yeah. For now, you set the precedence for how I think your stories sound because I hear them in your voice. If you were to change them, I'd probably be like snubbed. Like, well, that's how I want, I want Andrea's voice back. That's how I hear Wave's voice and, and, uh, the other fern's voice and whatnot um so don't change those ones because they are you (laughs) i I really like them the way they are okay (laughs) and plus then you wouldn't have to spend the extra money no they are really exactly they are really well recorded though so i can say that with finney i've listened to a lot of audiobooks and i i'm not a dnfer by nature when it comes that means do not finish books i if i start an audiobook i'll finish it if i start a um any book that I'm reading physically, I'll finish it if I get past a certain point. It does have to capture me within the first couple chapters. The reason I say that though is uh, I have stopped listening to audiobooks because you know I listen to the first chapter. I'm like, no, I cannot listen to this person's voice. I, I, it's unfortunate, but I just don't enjoy the way they're reading the story. I'd rather read it because I do like to read physical or digital books. But with yours, I didn't have the feeling at all. I really enjoyed it. It just fit the story very well. And so for me, it was very well recorded. Um, I think the, just the quality wise, as, as well as the way you performed it was great. So 
no doubts on that. If you're listening, you should get Andrea's books. But that was the perfect segue into where can people find more information about you and your books? Well, uh, andreathinkbooks.com, pretty simple, uh, is my website. There's links to where you can buy paperback, digital, audiobooks. Um, and I will say there is a wonderful button, the play sample button. Please use that one. Uh, just to see if, cause I've heard a lot of people say like, oh yeah, I, I return books. Cause, um, like the voice just wasn't right for me. You can always listen to the audio sample. Um, that's true. Yeah. And th- that also, um, makes it a lot better for authors who sometimes if someone returns a book, like it counts against them. Mm-hmm. I had, yeah, I've had a couple returns and they happen on months where I don't get sales. So I owe Amazon money and it's, it's very hectic. So I highly recommend that, um, listen to samples. Sample <laughs> samples are great. Yes, absolutely. I don't generally shop for books very often and I'm pretty sure I've only returned one audiobook. Um, and it was like, uh, I, I, I never return anything independent. Um, I can't even remember what it was. I think it was like, um, I don't want to say the name of the book because then people will get offended, but it was, it was a very popular traditionally published author. So I was like, I don't feel too bad for sending this back. Um, but yes, agreed. Use the sample video or sample audio that is your friend. Um, great. Oh, well, I appreciate also, Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. Sorry. Audiobook news. Um, I just got out of my exclusivity with audible. So now all three books are available through many different audio audiobook distributors, including Overdrive. So if you use the Libby app, it's on there now. That is awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, I didn't know that I've never used any audio from that, but I know that there are a lot of different platforms. So that's great. Uh, that's exciting. How long has it been out of that exclusivity period? A week. A week? Oh, so like very recently. <laughs> yeah, it's like brand new. Like I just submitted it like the other day to the distributor who does all the, all my other audiobook distributors that's not audible and apple books itunes whatever that's I think called it's, i think it might be itunes um do you use find away voices by any chance authors republic authors republic okay i've heard of find away yeah. voices for uploading audio but i haven't uh, heard of anything else okay i'll take a look at that for the future of my audiobooks someday eventually <laughs> when, when they happen not if they <laughs> when they happen when, that's true when they happen someday and if, um, if, if, if Janice needs a voice, I'm willing to, uh, <laughs> well, Janice does need a voice. I should find out if that's my voice or someone else's voice. <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, but I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you so much. I know this was super helpful for me and I hope the listeners find it helpful as well. You have a great day. Right. Thank you. So thanks for having me. I hope you found that as helpful as I did. I know, you know Andrea gives me plenty of a hard time about recording my own audiobooks because I need to, and I want to. I do have that goal at some point. I did record the first few chapters and thought, mm, maybe now's not the time. My priority is getting the series completely out so that I don't have any readers that are waiting because I did finish um, transformed with a pretty annoying cliffhanger. <laughs> so once I get that published, I'll dedicate more time to recording the audiobook. Next week, I have a conversation with Rachel Watson, who is actually an author in the UK about mindset and marketing, which I think is fascinating. So she's very passionate about how an author's mindset can lead to their success in getting their books 
out there and finding readers to read them. So super interesting. I, I'm really excited to, to get to that next week. As usual, if you have any questions for me, you can contact me at dankenner.com or you can uh, email me at authordkenner at gmail.com. Also, if you want to see pictures of the Homestead Life, you'll want to follow me on TikTok or Instagram or sign up for my email list. I send out pictures and updates on my homestead as well as my author business. You can just use the sign up form and you do get the first few chapters of Awaken for free. That will soon be the new novella that I'm writing called Shielded. I'll replace those three chapters with that and perhaps I'll just send both because why not? I can. Um, but yes, that is the plan. So uh, keep an eye out for that or, and sign up for my newsletter if you want to keep up. So thank you so much. I'll talk to you next week.